Hello and welcome to Explained, where every day we break down a question, event, news, or trend. My name is Bobby Corella. I am from Mavs Digital. Joining me today is Becca Jenico. What's up, Becca? Not too much. Just living the life. <laughs> another day, another dream, right? Exactly. Just yeah. like every other day. <laughs> uh, yesterday was 77 days without basketball. So uh, we're celebrating Luca's anniversary of Boban's destruction of the Nuggets. <laughs> but, Very uh, true. As we've talked about earlier in the week, uh, if you haven't heard Tuesday's episode, we talked about um, the NBA statement and how the, the, you know, the league is coming back in mid-July, assuming everything goes well, mid to late July. Um, and then yesterday, well, and Becca, you and I talked about some of the uh, potential return to play scenarios. And then yesterday, Isaac and I talked about uh, Mark Cuban's proposal. So all of those rumors are starting to pick up a little bit. So there's gonna be a lot of news to, to talk about between now and then. But um, today, uh, I wanted to talk about a guy who's not Luca. I wanted to talk about KP, and there's really nobody better uh, on the in the Mavs world to talk about KP than you, because uh, if you're listening to the show and you don't remember, or maybe you haven't heard the episode, uh, Becca, you actually worked for the Knicks for a few seasons while KP was up there, and so you got to know him way before any of us did. And so I think you have some really unique insight into his career and kind of his rise to uh, stardom. So. Um, to kind of reset the table for us, uh, to refresh people's memories or whatever, or sum up the first episode if, if someone doesn't have the time to go and listen to it. Um, when did you start with the Knicks, and, and what was kind of your, uh, your what, uh, timeline while you were there as it related to KP's career? Sure. Um, so, yeah, I started with the Knicks um, at the beginning of the 2016 season. Um, I was kind of working on um, – junior MBA initiatives, creating the junior Knicks platforms at that point, and then got very quickly moved over to the Knicks, um, Knicks social media channels and Knicks brand. So I kind of had, you know, that was KP's second season in the league. Um, and so he was still pretty young, um, still, you know, kind of embracing New York as his home. Um, and, you know, I did get a lot of you know, viewership into his early years uh, in the NBA slash, you know, really saw um, him kind of adapting still to America slash New York slash the NBA. And, you know, I saw his fashion go from one thing to the next. Um, and then, you know, just really evolving as a player and a person. Um, so yeah, I started in 2016. I worked there until uh, for a three years exactly as the digital content coordinator. So, you know, just like I do now, I attended all community events that he was at, um, all uh, season ticket member events that he was at, you know, traveled with the team. Unfortunately, he didn't travel with us um, the most recent season that I was with them. Um, and then obviously lived through his injury, um, saw it in person, saw him walk for the first time in front of me first, he walked in front of me and then he walked in front of fans um, and greeted them the day he, he, you know, he arrived. And we'll talk about that a little more in depth. Um, and, you know, just saw the kind of person that he beca became, saw the person that he, you know, 
really pushed through to be during that injury until he was traded, lived through the trade as well. We talked about that as well um, on my kind of epi- long episode at the beginning of Mavs Blaine. But, you know, seeing him now um, back on the court, which is, you know, what he it was a, it was really emotional time, his injury for us as well. Um, but just it kind of like gives me you know, it makes my heart beat a little bit faster when I see him paying on the court just because I, you know, am kind of connected to him in that way. You know, he might not know as much as I do, but um, about I'm sure he does. between us. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but it definitely feels like I've been with him, even though I wasn't with him um, his rookie year, but almost since day one, um, and then with a little gap in between from when you know, still working for the Knicks and then working, coming to the Mavs about four weeks after the, I left the Knicks. And, um, you know, it's just a great thing to see. We've really been talking, a a big theme this week has been his comeback on social. You know, we posted a a comeback video of him today, actually. And then one of our writers wrote a story about him that we posted today as well. Um, And just, I watched it maybe six times over. um, And it really brings me joy to see him on the court and see him thriving and really having, you know, his rebounding taking like a huge leap and like, you know, his, his three pointers and blocks just becoming even more powerful and just with ease. Um, it's crazy. It feels like I've really seen him evolve. So it's, he's a really good dude. So I love him. Well, that's why you're the, you're the best person to, uh, to have on this episode. Yeah. Uh, like you said, there's a lot to talk about and kind of his journey with the Knicks and then to the Mavs um, as you were with him every step of the way, basically until you handed him off to us uh, <laughs> before uh, rejoining a few weeks later. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll try and get to all that. But, but first, so whenever you started in, in 2016, that was his second season. And, um, you know, it's only four or five years ago now, but like, it feels like a lifetime ago. You know? So yeah. people might not remember, but as a rookie, KP was kind of a sensation. Um, oh, yeah. You know, he was, he was a real, he was a standout player and he had some big games and everything, but his second year is really when he took off. That's whenever he was like, all right, I'm, I'm a legit, I'm a legit force in this league. I think that might've even been when he got the unicorn nickname or that might've come a year later, but. Yeah. Uh, that was 2017 ish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Early 2017. So, so that's when he started kind of to capture uh, the basketball world's imagination. Um, can you, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming most people who are listening to this are Mavs fans who know what it's like to watch a superstar because we watch Dirk and now we watch Luka and we even watch KP now too. But as someone who spent quite a bit of time in New York, can you explain to a Mavericks fan what it is like to be a star player in New York? Just the whole, the whole the whole lifestyle. I mean, it's gotta be, it's totally, it's gotta be totally different. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, one word comes to mind when you think of like a superstar in New York, which is like untouchable. Um, I saw that with Carmelo. Um, I saw, especially at events that he would come to, you know, and a sensation like, you know, Carmelo was first. I think KP really, um, personally, in my opinion, really um, kind of looked up to him in that regard because I think he knew that he was next. Um, and, you know, the fashion collabs, the shoe collabs, you know, you sign with the shoe pretty quickly. Um, RJ Barrett is just another um, example of that. 
Um, Kevin Knox is an example of that. Um, so, you know, the shoe collabs, the fashion collabs, you know, the things that you get to do um, is literally handed to you. Um, you know, he was always front row at the WWE fights at the Garden. Um, he, you know, they, uh, all of them really got tickets to all the concerts and things like that. We kind of helped hook them up with that. But, you know, it is like being a celebrity in LA or New York. It's, it's the same thing. Your photo, we've talked about this before, your photo is up there on the garden wall, outside the garden. Like that's the most marquee place, like almost in Times Square. And we're right next to Times Square. Like that's the most visible place that you could ever have your face hanging. And it's just, you are a star immediately as you come to New York, you know, your face is put up there immediately. And it's just no, it's no, it's no, there's no feeling like it, I presume, but I've also seen it happen. And, you know, so, um, so yeah, I mean, stardom out there is um, on the Knicks, especially just in New York, I'm sure on, on Brooklyn as well. Like, you know, it's, it's something unlike any other. Um, so yeah, I mean, I saw him go to so many events, like, you know, really he had some kind of event one time where he dressed up in a tuxedo and he was on the front, he was on the front cover of some magazine. Like that was like every single day, you know, just a different thing and just a different, um, you know, public, public, publicity. It was all about the publicity. So, you know, you're in the spotlight up there. And you are, you are the king of New York. Like, that's just how it goes. And I think, like you said, he, early on his second year, he kind of established himself as that. And then once Kevin Durant kind of called him the unicorn, that's, it took off from there, you know? Mm. Um, It's a great nickname. It's a great nickname. It's a great nickname. Yeah. And our whole all-star campaign for 2017, 2018 was revolved around the unicorn and we literally used a white horse and put a, you know, a, a horn on it for his campaign and things like that. And, you know, he proved himself. He did before his, before his injury. Um, I mean, we can always say what if, but as a, as a star in New York, he proved himself, you know, he, he made the all-star team. Um, I, people sometimes I think forget that. Um, because his injury happened one week before. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that stardom that he was, that was handed to him or, you know, that he had to earn really pushes those guys. I mean, look at Mello. I mean, pushes those guys to want to be the best and want to put on for the city and things like that. So I think he, I think honestly that energy, even though he's not in New York, Dallas is also a big, place and I think the fans are if not as passionate as Knicks fans are they might not be as angry but they're definitely as passionate (laughs) um but I see that passion and you know that perseverance and his you know wanting to be the best is still there that doesn't go away but I think that the stardom in New York really it's instilled in you and you know keeps with you for a long time so that's that's kind of how I saw it um, and how I saw him rise. It's a shame that at the peak, right, as his stardom was reaching a crescendo is when his injury happened and, mm-hmm. uh, and he tore his ACL 
uh, I believe, against Giannis and the Bucks. So that's kind of yep. like the two, the two guys, like the future of the NBA, that are kind of linked by this this terrible injury. And, um, you know, you just – you don't see that very often where, you know, a guy's on the climb and then he's hit with, like, such a major right. uh, piece of adversity, like that's suffering a really bad – really bad injury. So, I mean, uh, you know, obviously it sucked. But on a, on a deeper level, I mean, what was it like to, to see him go through that? What was his attitude through that whole thing? Because, I mean, he came to Dallas while he was still rehabbing. He had still right. not played – he was about a year removed it was a from year. the injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost to the day, actually, I think. Yep. But, um, you know, so, so Mavs fans had kind of an up-close look at, like, the tail end of his rehab, you know, the first time he got on the floor and obviously his first game back and everything. But in the moment, in the days after that, and, and kind of, you know, through the early stages of that whole thing, what was, what was it like to be around him and what, what was kind of his, his mindset and, and his attitude toward that whole thing? Yeah, so after the injury happened, um, we kind of wished him well and didn't really hear – about here we didn't really see him or hear from him for like a month ish we kind of um you know got some updates on his surgery and things like that um and you know he sent us some photos after he had had his surgery in his car in his car you know having to spread his leg out through the front seat and all that kind of stuff (laughs) so um which was his like you know that was his thing like you know riding in the car from his apartment was that the front seat was pushed all the way up so he could stretch out but um so yeah we kind of like got little updates here and there but the first time that we or any fans saw him again was about was on March 14th it was about a month after um and he the elevator you know just like we sit you know near the guys um at the at pregame, you know, having them walk in and filming their walk-ins and stuff, I would do the same thing. Um, but usually it was just me out there. So, you know, the elevator dings and it opens and it's him and he starts walking towards us and, you know, gave me his little wink that he does. Um, and he looked great. And like, honestly, that video is still a favorite in my phone because it was just like the most, miraculous thing that could have happened at the time you know he was he was okay so that was the first time we saw that and then right after that um I kind of stood with the microphone like right underneath him because he was um he's obviously a lot taller than I but um stood with the microphone he answered some questions to the media and then he and I went back to the tunnel um and they announced that he was in the building and people were just going nuts that's cool and then i have this video too where i just you know in following him out of the tunnel into the garden for the first time since he was injured um and people are just he's just waving and you can just see like they were they were embracing him with open arms obviously but he was just i think he felt relieved i think you know when i i think when that happens you know some guys probably think that, you know, the world is mad at them or fans are mad that they're, you know, want them to get better, but they're angry with the status of the team and X, Y, Z. And he was just so relieved. He's waving at everyone. And it was just like, I'm thinking about it now and I'm like getting goosebumps because it was just really special. Um, But yeah, after that, you know, he went back home to Latvia at the end of the season, obviously, and was rehabbing and, um, with his bro- like with his brothers and things like that. So we didn't really hear much from him except for that when we got the new coach and things like that, you know, coach Fisdale went out there and visited him and kind of rehabbed with him so that we didn't really hear much from him 
um, until he was back because he couldn't really sit in the seats, as I had told you earlier. Like he couldn't really sit in the seats with his leg and things like that. So he would come for pregame almost every time after that. Um, but he wouldn't stay cause he couldn't sit. So, and so sitting on the bench wasn't really an option for him. Um, I guess cause you're, I mean, <clears throat> you saw if you remember like Phil Jackson coaching later in his career is kind of the same thing with him. He had such a, a high seat on the bench mm-hmm. because his knees are giving him problems. I mean, when you're that tall and you're sitting yeah. down like that, I mean, that's terrible for your knees just in general, let alone right. if you're a month removed from surgery. Right. He just couldn't sit on the bench. So, you know, the fact that he even showed up at all was huge um, because obviously New York's a hard city to get around in and just show up. Um, so that was really great of him. And then, you know, another thing that I had mentioned to you also was, you know, he even came for the last game of the season and stood at one of the entrances for the whole ingress and like handed out giveaways of body armor and the zing bars and stuff, everything that he, you know, kind of supports and greeted all the fans because, and they were freaking out and all of them were wearing his Jersey and he just, you know, it didn't stop him from giving back to the city and being the dude that he is. So, you know, seeing that with a guy that, you know, was two months out of a really like devastating, scary injury after he had just, you know, really reached, like you said, reached the peak of his career. Um, it was special for sure. Um, and he's just like, and like I said, he's just a good dude and he's just a giving dude. And so like, you know, during his rehab, even though we didn't hear much from him, he was still, you know, doing his camps and stuff like that out in Latvia and things like that. So, and then when he came back, um, you know, he would join practice, uh, with the guys all the time, every day would help the kind of the younger guys like Kevin Knox and Mitchell, um, Robinson when they were rookies and on the court in practice every day, even though he wasn't doing anything. Um, and he was a real role model for everyone. Like I feel like, because he was kind of the longest standing guy on the team at that point. So, um, I guess by then Mello was gone and it was sort of like a new year gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. This was the, that was the rebuilding era where, um, it was kind of like a refresh restart. Um, kind of focus on the younger guys even more so after he was gone so so yeah I mean all good things all good things about him during his rehab and then you know one that one day just he was gone and so (laughs) it really was like I mean we've talked about it before it was like I woke up that morning having no idea what was gonna happen and in fact it happened in the middle of the afternoon at like three or four p.m. Mm-hmm just yeah, like, it was like, well, yeah, it was like he got traded. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's cool. <laughs> He's going to be a math. I uh, know. Yeah, it was, it was insane. Um, so what is it like? I, I guess this is kind of a good time. I mean, we, we don't talk about this very often in general. Um, we're obviously not like, you know, best friends with the players or anything and really mm-hmm. even friends with them. I mean, we're coworkers first, but whenever you spend a lot of time around people, yeah. uh, I mean, you kind of get to know them and you get to know kind of their true nature and everything. Um, so again, you knowing him way better than really anybody else in Dallas, I would imagine. Um, what kind of person is he? What 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 is it? What who is what is, what is Kristaps Porzingis like? Whenever it's not like you know a hundred to ninety eight with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, I would just say like, and and when I kind of think about my times with him, not on the court and things like that. Um, one, one comes to mind and I'll explain in a minute, but you know, 
he's a goofy, like, you know, fun guy who also not trying to like coin the word fun guy, but he's a fun guy and also, you know, really charitable and loves to give back. Like he loves kids, honestly. Like that's like when, you know, when we asked the guys like what they would rather do for community and things like that, you know, he was always adamant about being around the kids, which I'm sure he still is. I mean, you, we saw him, I don't know if you were there, but we, at the, you know, dinner with Santa. Dinner for Santa thing. Yeah, he, he, he looked like he was in his element there. Exactly. And that is exactly, if you want any description of who he is, that's it. You know, that brings him joy, I think, just as much as the basketball court. So, yeah, one of my favorite um, moments with him was, um, I forget which Christmas it was. It must have been 2007. It had to be 2017. So he, and Billy Hernan Gomez um, and Frank, the three, you know, Euro guys on the team uh, went to um, this, you know, young boy's house who had cancer and, you know, they, it was a single mom and, you know, the whole, the whole thing. And they brought him, you know, all these presents, all the, like the whole Christmas cheer, everything. And the kids were so surprised and you know, they could, the guys couldn't, KP couldn't even get through the door because he was so big, but, <laughs> you know, they surprised them. And those, those, I remember watching the videos, just, just the iPhone videos that we took. Um, and, you know, KP's asking the mom questions and asking her if he can play with him and things like that. And then after that, it was go time. Like he was riding the little bikes around with this little kid and playing basketball with him in his room and wrestling with him and you know things like that and making jokes and just like the happiest like you, you've ever seen him ever in his life but um but yeah that's the kind of guy he is is the giving back you know carefree fun guy um and you know my favorite my favorite thing is when you know there's other euro guys on the team that speak spanish and they just sit there and speak Spanish and laugh and you have no idea what they're saying. Um, and, you know, just being goofy and fun like that, like he does have that side. I think, I think the, his seriousness about the game and I think his like, you know, during his rehab when he was kind of a little bit more quiet and things like that, I think people kind of misinterpret, kind of misunderstood things like that. But I think Dallas honestly has brought out those qualities in him and has really made him into the, you know, charitable and like, like fun, smiley player that he actually is. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, off the court, that's as, that's as best as I can describe it. It's just a lot more laid back here, you know? Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to like, anyone can go to KP's Instagram comment section and you're going to know exactly how people feel about him. And I'm, yeah. I'm not even trying to talk about any of that stuff, but um, you know, it's just a different pace of life down here, mm -hmm. you know? And, and that's, I think it's, well, I'm biased because I, I've lived here my whole life, but I think it's good for all people because it is just very laid back. And, you know, if for you're sure. like a, a very famous person, you can just kind of exist uh, in relative anonymity. It's harder for him because he's seven foot three, but right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of attention in New York and there's a lot of fans. There's a lot of media and all that stuff. And here it's just much, much, you know, slower life and everything, yeah. even though it's still a big city. And so, um, you know, again, I feel like it's good for everybody, but I especially feel like it's good for him and for Tim and for Courtney. And I think, yeah, I've seen it with Tim and Courtney as well. Like just, you know, I think, I think, like you said, like the pressure, it's not, it's not even pressure on the court. It's pressure 
everywhere out there you know it's just a, it's just a lot, it's a lot you know, going on. anyone who's ever been to new york knows man that the city is crazy yeah it's a lot going on and you have a lot of pressure to perform on you know the world's greatest stage every single night you know and make i mean those fans are brutal they're great but they're, but they're pa- brutal. I mean, they're passionate. exactly yeah, no yeah. that's what i mean like like i said like they are so passionate and it hurts it hurts, I'm sure, for them to, for, to, you know, do that kind of stuff and have that kind of pressure on them with those fans. But I definitely think here, I think they're embraced more than fought off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it is a, and it is just an easier way of life. You can drive everywhere with not, you know, standstill New York traffic everywhere you go. Um, you know, the, the food is, is just as good almost, you know, like, it's, it's, I always ask KP whenever he's, um, whenever I get the chance or, you know, if they're doing like an Instagram live or something like that, I'm always like, what's your favorite thing about Dallas like this week? Or what's your favorite thing about Dallas? And he'll always say, you know, the driving and the food and the people. And it's just like, it's hard to find a place like that. It really is. So, you know, mm-hmm. especially compared to, you know, those bigger, tougher, more stressful cities um but but, he didn't he he lived in the city right so like mm -hmm. can you explain do do most knicks players live like in manhattan or do they live out because they they practice what in west practice facilities in westchester it's about 49 50 minutes away from the office by car um is the office at the arena yeah it's it's right in front yeah gotcha okay um yes he lived in the city he lived on the west side highway on the side, on the west side where the garden was, but like probably like 10, 10 blocks up um, and like four so avenues like an hour over. away. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it yeah. depends. It depends because he was like near Times Square. Oh, okay. I think, okay. I think. I'm not sure. But, but, but so the fact that he lived in the city, like he's kind of like always a man about town, you know, so yeah. there was never really any doubt that he was going to live downtown here or wherever he lives. I mean, I don't know if it's like For sure. downtown, downtown or wherever, but um yeah i mean he's like he's about that life and so the fact that he likes it i think is like cool because you immerse yourself in the city i mean yeah isn't new york city it's it's the suburbs of the city and it's right next to the training center so it's easy to get to but you know he was the emerging player on the knicks he was living in the city and a lot of guys a lot of guys lived um, in the city, probably over the summer, or you know, if they weren't there for the summer, um, you know, would go somewhere else. But some of them lived in the city in the summer because you know the workouts and things like that. All the NBA players in New York, they all wanted to be a part of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess there a, a lot of the guys are practicing out whatever. Like you know, there's like personal trainers and stuff, but also the players' mm-hmm. uh, association headquarters and stuff like that. They have gyms yep. that are that are in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just kind of interesting to like, I don't know, it, you know, KP is what, 24, 25 now, I think maybe about to be 25, I want to say. Um, and so he's still very young. And the fact that Mavs fans got to kind of see like the new beginning, it makes it feel like we've kind of been there the whole time. Um, but there was a whole KP experience before he got to Dallas. So I don't know, it's just kind of cool to like, to think about even though it was, you know, only two or three seasons or whatever it was. Um, to get some insight into that because it it sorts of uh, it paints a more complete picture of uh, of the man and the player yeah yeah I mean I think some people kind of forget 
you know, obviously they remember that he was injured and that he didn't play last year when he came to Dallas. But I think, I think some people forget like the, the kind of like harder times that he had with obviously getting injured and being in New York and, you know, that pressure. And I also, like I said, I think some people forget that he was even named an all-star, which I'm kind of bitter about because we worked really hard on the campaign. But, um, <laughs> it worked. It yeah. worked. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a whole different, a whole other kind of story before that. Um, but honestly, I just have to say that I'm just so happy he's here um, and that I'm here also to watch him kind of c- continue to grow and evolve. And, you know, so yeah, I mean, we're both very lucky. <laughs> kind of a comeback story of the yeah. ages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to go from, I mean, a year and a half away from basketball to, I mean, unfortunately this thing stopped at like the worst possible time because he was really in some sort of groove, but I mean, mm-hmm. he's back, you know. He's going to be back better than like, you know, this year was, I, I, as I watch his game, you know, I kind of like comment in my head and I'm like, dang, like he could have made that shot or made that dunk or something or that dunk could have been way more powerful or whatever you know he's just a little bit reserved like this is that year for him to kind of figure it out and he's big he was figuring it out right now Mm. at this time like you said but just think about next year like I feel like it's gonna be so much more fun to watch because he's gonna gonna get better he's gonna be that second year, you know, that second year of him, you know, in the NBA, this is kind of like that. Like he, it's his second year back next season, obviously. And he's going to get back to where he was. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be better than ever. Honestly. It's only the beginning. Number one fan. Only the beginning. Yeah. I'll I'll be his number two fan. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, We got the KP fan club here. Yeah. Uh, Is there anything else that, uh, that you wanted to uh, mention? Any, any last stories or, what are red hot takes to, to fire off before we get out of here? Oh yeah. Not, no red hot takes, but funny story. Um, so obviously we used to be, um, I used to obviously sit there and, you know, obviously film their walk-ins and things like that. And I would usually be like the first p- person they saw. And the NBA usually would be out there probably like almost every game just cause they're in New York to take photos and things like that. So there was this one time that, um, like obviously I'm filming him. They took a photo and um, a couple days later I was at some potluck with my friends or something like that. And my phone started blowing up and I was like, what is happening? So I look at my phone and he apparently had posted like a photo of him. He's looking really fly. He's really looking really good, like walking through the garden. And I am just right behind him filming him. (laughs) And I have like this look on my face. I'm like, like that, like filming him or something. <laughs> and I was just getting blown up in the comments and people were texting me off, like off the chain. And I remember I looked at it and I like screamed because, you know, again, rising, st- rising huge star in New York. And like, even for me, like he was becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And he had million, he had like over a million followers at this point, a social media person looks at that obviously, but um, it was just so hysterical and I was getting roasted in the comments like that girl photobomb like all this stuff and that was like <laughs> one of my like that was like one of my first like real like I'm going to be in every photo for the rest of my life if I don't yeah. get out of the way um, moments but I'll never forget it and that picture is so priceless he like posted it on his channels 
And um, that picture is just too priceless. And my friends like all saved it on their phones and everyone just thought it was hysterical. It's like one of the funniest, funniest things I've ever um, had happen to me on this, the interwebs. That's funny. So deep down, he kind of hates you for ruining that picture. Yeah, for sure. Well, he posted it, so. That's, so it wasn't <laughs> still, all bad. He still looked good. Yeah, yeah. The suit was good <laughs> enough. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't really wear suits that much back then. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's As definitely, I'm saying, he's... I've seen the fashion go from one thing to another. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's well, definitely for, at its prime right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good for KP. Good yeah. for KP. <laughs> Uh, all right, Becca, thank you very much for joining and, and uh, sharing some stories into uh, KP, the player. If you're listening and you love KP and you love the Dallas Mavs, go ahead and uh, smash that subscribe button. Listen, we got, we got new episodes of Mavs playing every single day of the week, Monday through Friday. This is week, I think, seven of this show. So we got lots of episodes. Like we said earlier, Becca came on at the very beginning of this program and uh, talked about some of her experiences with the Knicks coming to the Mavs and what it was like to live through that whole trade thing and everything. So if you haven't heard that episode, go check it out now. It's like the second or third episode of the whole show. So it's right back at the very beginning. Go ahead and listen to all of them until you get back to this one. And then leave at least a four-star review. I feel, Becca, do you feel kind of weird if someone says you have to leave a five-star? Yeah, kind of. Because we want you want you to tell us how you really feel, but also... But only if it's... Yeah. <laughs> Only if it's four better. If it's three right, right, or worse, right. then we're we not don't perfect. Gotta... We're not perfect. Yeah. We know you don't that. Gotta leave a rating unless it's gonna be at least four stars. I feel like that's <laughs> like it's like some brands are like, yeah, you know, it's pretty good. They're they're not gonna lie to you. It's not great. It's fine. You know, right? Yeah, four it's stars just, is good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So at least a four star review. Uh, but we really do appreciate you listening to uh, the show, and we're looking forward to seeing you again tomorrow. I'm Bobby. She's Becca. This is Matt's plane. We'll see you later.